Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, it's Graham. Welcome to a classic big interview. Today, join me. We're going back to season 2015-2016. This is what I had to say about it back then. Two million of you have listened to the big interview at least once, and I hope we're well on our way to the next million, starting with Frank McAvenny. Frank's done one or two silly things in his life, but then again, so have I. What I didn't like, given that when I watched him, I always thought he was a footballer of supreme finishing, real intelligence, great movement. I didn't like the fact that his social life had pigeonholed him and that everybody only thought of him as a party boy. Whereas, in fact, he's a bright football man, very good storyteller, funny. I always like funny. And what we all felt was that he could take us into that incredible season when West Ham... Not the West Ham of Bobby Moore or Martin Peters or Harry Redknapp. The West Ham of John Lyle finished higher than that club has ever finished in the top league before, led by Frank McAvenny on the form of his life during a season when half the games weren't even televised. I remember being very frustrated not to be able to watch his progress down there, but learning about him, learning about Tramp Nightclub and George Graham, learning about how Luton and David Pleat came so close to signing him, Learning about the things that went on in London, him asking for a transfer, the team meeting that changed the entire dynamic of the season. That was fun. I like Frank McAvenny and I like watching him play. With any luck, you'll listen to this and you come out having enjoyed it. And maybe with at least more of an opinion of him as a top class striker in England's top division. See you on the other side. The big interview starts again mm-hmm. in a hallowed place where we've had great fun with Charlie Nicholas and David Prodden. We've got Frank McIverney today, which is an honour for all of us, a giant honour. Um, super footballer. Should be remembered a lot more for skills and goals and achievements. Before we get on to talking about the obvious thing about this time, yeah. can I give you a test? Go on, yeah. Okay. All right. Do you want me to read out Team A or Team B? Mother. Okay, I'll read out Team B. 
Jim Layton, Steve Nicol, Joe McLaughlin, mm-hmm. Ray Stewart, Ian Redford, Gary Gillespie, Jim Bett, Neil Simpson, George McCluskey, and John McDonald. Mm-hmm. Who's the missing player? Probably me. They're under 21s. Correct. Correct. Under 21s. Who's the opposition? Italy. Probably. Spot on. Now, what I want to do is, before I get you to tell a story... Oh, good at that. I, want to, <laughs> I hoped it was an easy yeah, one, and we, yeah. we didn't rehearse that beforehand. No, no. I want to point out to people that even if they don't know Sergio Battistini, who played about 350 Serie A <laughs> games and won the title with Inter, they'll probably remember Mauro Tassotti, Beppe Bergomi, one of the most famous Inter players of all time, and right throughout the team, there are guys... Franco Baresi yeah. I don't know if anybody's heard of Franco Baresi anybody <laughs> just a wee bit yeah what was the situation <laughs> what was the score Let's back to that moment I get brought in I was at St Mern and I get brought in as an overage player to the under 21s it was the quarterfinals European Championships and I was fortunate because my manager at St Mern was the manager of the under 21s and he brought me in I was a midfield player at the time I used to play at midfield for St Mern and we went to <laughs> A place called Cantonzaro, which I didn't know where it was, but it was miles away. And apparently they took us down there because I wasn't at the first game. I think I don't know what the first game was. Nine eights, I think. It was. The, the, this is this is actually the first game. Oh, was that the this first is game? The, this that? is what makes the story even better. Yeah. Well, we we went over there and we we beat them one 0 and it was great because John McDonald and George McCluskey were up front, and I was a midfield player with Jim Bett and all that, and I was just. To me, from a Glasgow boy, to be honest with you, going to this place, Canton Zero, they were all chucking things. <laughs> it, was, it was just like going to a nightclub in, the, in Glasgow in that time. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, what, the punters at an under-21 game? Oh, punters, it was mobbed. It was a Basque country. Is it, is it a Basque country, they were saying? It was really... It's down in, it's, it's down it's in the down south, in, isn't it? It's nah, fierce, it's eh? Fierce. It, was, it was really fierce, but it was great. And, of course, it was a good game, to be honest. There were a lot of good players in the Italians. <laughs> People need to remember that mm-hmm. number one, the, the weird thing was this is Scotland in the quarterfinals yeah. of a major. They've never, I didn't know they've never won a game in Italy before, and hadn't haven't since. No since, no. Yeah. I mean, there's no internet at that time, so no, now we know Baresi, Bergomi, yeah. as a Tassotti. Well, Baresi went on to become one of the best man markers in world football. Oh, if yeah. not the best. Yes, he went over there, and it was great. Just did you know anything about those guys beforehand? Or were they all no, complete? No. No, I didn't. I was, still, I was starting. I was still starting at St Mern, so I didn't really know anything about them. When you say you played in midfield that day, as you yeah. did, making Frank McDougall look good, I think yeah. was, yeah, the, was yeah. the role at St Mern. You know, for a goal scorer, mm-hmm. notorious for brilliant finishing, yeah. called by Tony T C as yeah. the best finisher he's played with, yeah. best player he's played with. Not yeah. what were you doing in midfield, but how did you play in midfield? What position did you? When I started playing, I was so thinny. I was like a swan vest. I had red hair. I was had I, I was like someone called me a, a matchstick. <laughs> I was so thin, and uh, they put me in. They, they put me into gym, but I was rapidly putting weight on, and because of my pace, they didn't want it. And I just always played midfield. I didn't play football when I was a boy. I never played football. I played football in primary school. Is this in Milton? In Milton for my, my team. I played football in the primary and we won a trophy, won two trophies and that was that was the only one, one and only year that they'd won anything. And I was a really small kid and I got sent off again in another game and my dad was angry with me and said you shouldn't get, you know, it was embarrassing but I was getting crap kicked at me so I retaliated which I shouldn't have. And I didn't play football and I used to go and watch Celtic every weekend and in the days... Amateurs, juniors, professionals all played Saturdays. Three o'clock. So I never played football. I never, I never played football. I used to play on a Sunday 
down at it's a school in Milton when I grew up. It's called Deaf and Dumb School, and it was for the kids and all that. And we used to all climb over the fence on a Sunday because there was nobody there. And we used to play, but it was gravel. So I suppose that's where I got my touch because you're playing with all the boys, and, and the gravel wasn't exactly flat in the days. So it's bouncing all over the place, and if you didn't control the ball, you were getting hurt. Where these, these older boys. You and I are a similar yeah. age, so there's a lot of people listening to this who genuinely don't know what you're talking uh, about. So when you're talking about get hurt, yeah. you're talking about losing half a oh, leg. Oh, these boys didn't hold back. You know, they, they really didn't. They used to come right through you. And toughened me up, even though I was so thin. Before I started playing for St Man, I went and signed for Johnsonborough, which is a junior, junior. A junior club. Mm. And uh, and it was great. It really, really was great because... I was sort of sitting in the hole. That was my point. And the big striker up front used to just. Could you call it a ten in, in the way yeah. that people talk about it? Number so that ten. I was number ten. Well, I was. So seeing this team that we talked I about, was a, I was a midfield player, but I really took it upon myself to play the number ten position. I was more of an attacking player. I was when I tackled somebody, it was a foul. You know, I was not a good tackler. I was. <laughs> I was terrible. Probably that's when I realised I was a striker because strikers can't tackle. You know, and they shouldn't be back in the box or anywhere near the box. So that was, I was more an attacking player at Johnsonborough when I signed for Johnsonborough. To get to Johnsonborough, the Celtic game got cancelled one week, and I was walking through town, and some of my mates were there for the Malton I used to play on a Sunday with. And they said, Come and have a game. I didn't want to play. And the manager says, Look, I was 19. The manager says, Look, we're short of players. Come and have a game, I'll get a couple of beers. Well, you know, in the days I was unemployed and I thought that would do it for me. So I went and there was five scouts watching the kid that I was playing against. And that's so I don't know what happened to that boy, but I had no bad game. That's how you got spotted. That's how I got spotted, yeah. So, so, and did they say to you, right, I tell you what, our guys in midfield or where do you want to play? How did they? They, they said to me, look, there were three professional clubs want me to go on trial and two junior clubs want me to sign. And Johnson Burrow offered me 500 quid to sign. And I thought, that's strange. And so I made it cash. <laughs> just in case they wanted it back, you know, for a, for a check cash. So when you said that strange, you thought, how could it be that? Yeah, I'm... I didn't think I was going to play football. I thought, I thought, just take the cash and and get out of there and, and see how long it lasts. And I, I went, I went and trial with Patrick Thistle. Well, I was at Johnson, but I was only at Johnson for a year, but a couple of trials. Thistle was one of them. Very old told me I wasn't good enough. <laughs> You can imagine, I've never let him forget that. I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry said to me, you're not good enough, just your your ability, because he's a bit harsh, was Barry, he says, you're not going to make it by junior. And I knew I was better than his teams. It was cool because he put me on his sub. As a trialist, you don't do that. And he took me off money games, and I'm thinking, it's not right. You know, I managed you're just new at the team, you should learn trial, you should get a trial, you should start with the team. You know, you shouldn't do it. Better. So how did you resolve, how did you, if you can go back, how did you resolve that in your head? Because presumably as a Celtic fan, Barry Old means something pretty big to you. As soon as he came into the bath, I was, he took me off and I was in the bath. And he came in and he started talking to me and he said, just, you, you need to stay junior. And as soon as he said that, I just put my head under the water while he was talking. And that was the moment I thought, I'm going to make it because that was a defining moment for me. Because I thought, it's, I was better than his team. If somebody pushes you down, yeah, you I, was, I was better than his team. And I knew I was better than his team. His team were terrible. So I thought, yeah, I said, I'm going to make it. Went and trial with St Man, done two trial games with them. Who, who was in charge then, Ricky? No. No, no it was Jim, Jim Clooney. Oh, Jim Clooney, oh, I remember Jim, Jim Clooney. So I got two trial games, and then I played a, a Renfrewshire Cup game for them in a trial, as a trialist, mm. and I got sent off against Morton. <laughs> so the boy in midfield just wanted out. At least it was an unimportant game yeah, for St Man, it was, it was only Morton, you know. It was an important game. <laughs> so I got in a tussle with them, and the two of us got sent off. 
and I thought I'd blown it. And the manager said to me, I knew you had the ability, but I didn't know you had the heart. So I went off your contract. So strange, strange ways the world works, but um, that was why I got signed. You, you don't mean to go too off on a uh-huh. tangent, but you rung a bell for me last uh-huh. week. Uh-huh. Ray Parler came out. Oh, yeah. They were fantastic. And he was telling the story of Colo Touré having a trial at Arsenal. Yes. Trial, unknown. Yeah. Yaya Touré's been trialled and sent back home. <laughs> and Ray described it as, it was a defence against attack <laughs> exercise. It was five attackers and three defenders. Mm-hmm. Colo's in the centre of the three defenders. as a trialist as well. The ball's coming in. The ball reaches Dennis Bergkamp. Colo's like, there's the ball. There's a man. Yeah, Up in the air. Colo Touré straight to the back. Horse and like, no, 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 Cola, no, 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 Cola. And everybody's like, no, Cola, that's, that's... All right, fine, OK, fine, 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 fine. We'll start the exercise again. <laughs> he's like, he's giving all the signs he's understood. The ball arrives at Thierry Henry, and Cola's like, straight through the back of Thierry Henry, ball and Thierry Henry up in the air. Arsenal's like, no, no, Cola, it's, it's not like this. No, thank you. Look, I'll receive the ball. So you know what's coming down. I'll take the ball. I'll show you what we can do. Cola's like, uh, super boss okay super uh, uh, okay did you come forward bollocks took him right <laughs> oh, arson up in the air like that and the boys are like oh Colo and Ray said he got back to the dressing room with Colo trialist is sitting there going oh merde oh merde I've screwed the whole thing up in fridge yeah. and Ray's like oh decent fella he goes look you can't continue this but I'll go and speak to the boss and I'm sure he and Arson's sitting there and he's bastard holding his Holding his ankle and all that, and he's like, "Boss, boss, he didn't fully understand it. I like his character. We'll sign him." <laughs> Same as like right. Arson, the, the manager, like people like that. A boy Aye. put somebody up there. Right, right, take I him. Tell you what he could do it now because his team's not doing that at the moment. They're too nice and nice, aren't they? But like Samira must have seen your football. Yeah, as well. that's what he said. It wasn't to me. on that alone, eh? That was well, what he said to me, and and two days later he gets sacked. He said. <laughs> 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 so that was good. So that was a good saying. I thought, but I never thank him for that. And the manager took over. The physio took over, and it was the physio. Really, it was Ricky McFarlane. Ricky, really, yeah, that's, really that's he, he really looked after me. Sent me exercising the gym and all that. And, but I was building up too quick, and I was scoring a lot of goals from midfield. At that time, I got in the team. He had to put me in. He says I wasn't ready, and he put me in against Airdrie, and. Uh, there were so many players injured and we had a great team at the time we had players at Billy Stark Lex Richardson Abercrombie I mean it was great boys great Tony Fitzpatrick it was great some great players and he put me in against the airplane I scored two for midfield and the rest they say is history but it was it was great because he kept me in but as you say about Frank McDougall he's a great pal of mine but I used to get money in the match and it was it bought me the story money in the match Frank McIverney and and the headlines were Frank McDougall he'd do nothing and scored one goal and the headlines, he got a headline, and I thought, bollocks to that. I said, I need to get the headlines. I said to the manager, I said, I want to play up front. And he went, no, no, you're a, you're a great midfield player. I said, no, I want to play up front. I said, she's getting all the headlines. <laughs> and at that time, I just wanted to go and enjoy myself and, and have fun. And I thought, the more headlines I get, the more fun I'll have. Frank was a super finisher, though, wasn't he? Right, what, what, what did he have? Explain finisher. to me, he, he supports football. Best finisher I've ever, ever been with. Honestly. Oh, and ability, had so much ability. It was incredible. So when he comes to Pataki, yeah. it's an era when Alex Ferguson's oh, moved on. He phoned me up. Some of our great players have moved on. And he just he phoned, me, he he phoned me up. And he says, uh, when he was playing at Aberdeen, when I played him, he used to stay over and all that. And we were good pals. He said, to phone me up and he says, I'm gutted. He scored four against, I think it was four against Rangers and three against Celtic in the one week, or vice versa. I, I do. I'm pleased you raised that. And he says, uh, and he says, and I says, oh, he must be pleased. And he went, no, I'm gutted. I says, how? 
He said, I only got eight chances in the two games, <laughs> and I missed a sitter. <laughs> so that's it, he got eight chances and missed a sitter, and he's annoyed about it. So that was McDougall. See, that fascinates me. People uh-huh. who can play like that, there's so yeah. many different types of football. Yeah. And oh, look, was, we don't spend enough time in looking at why. It was actually quite, it was quite over 20 yards, 30 yards, it was quite electric. He could put a pace on, but you're not asking me to run any further than that. It was that. Uh, no, he didn't like it's it. It's something that he but didn't... It, it's, it's it was muscly, he could hold the ball. I always thought it was, it was a great foil for me. Me and him played Aye. like a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. great foil for me. I only got to play up in my last year, it's, but it was a great, great foil for me. You, you did enough, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at my phone now, not because I'm rude, yeah. but because I'm message from a pal, David Pleat, <laughs> who I've been pals with forever, <laughs> and he says, he says this to me, yeah... Spirited away from the Bedford Arms Hotel, yes. Woburn. Yes. Now, you're a West Ham legend. Let's not muck right, about okay. the fact that you... I went you, down to sign for Luton. You're one of the all-time greats yeah. of West Ham. I went you could have been playing for Luton. For Luton. I, if it wasn't for the chairman, I probably would have been. This is David Evans, the yeah. big Tory. Because David played... David says he's the one that spotted you. Well, he was on the phone at the time. Yeah. He was on the phone. You're not supposed to, but... You oh, know, whatever it is. He, he was a good lad. David he, was a great lad. He can't be done for he, it now. No, and he was, he was on the phone. He, he is a great lad. He's, he's, a, he's, a, great he's a great football man. He's a great football guy. And he used to speak to my parents and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was good. It was good that way. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to Luton. They were doing all right. Um, they top division, you know, what's yeah. the Premier League now, they were there. My agent went down with me, and there was about four lawyers in all that face at Burnham, I'd never seen all this. It was only, I can't remember what it was, 350 grand or something, something like that. But for what them, it's, them? it's big. Money. Yeah, so Luton had paid all the flights down, and I went in, it was the manager, the chairman, the lawyer and somebody else, there was four plus me and my agent, six of us, and we're all having a laugh talking to David, and the chairman walked in, I swear to God, he walked in, he slapped me in the back of the head, and he says, welcome to Luton, Macca. And I thought, who the, f- who the F are you? And I looked at my agent, and it, it was one of them, I didn't know why he'd shake his hand or put the head in him. <laughs> and I, I said to him, right away, I took an instant dislike to him. Yeah. And I thought, man. And then we walked out, and Alec Muller, the manager, said to me, you know what saying? I says, no. And he says, West Ham, I want to speak to you. And I said, when did that happen? He wasn't going to tell me if I'd signed for Luton that West Ham were in for me. He wasn't going to give me the option. I'm not defending Alec in this, but no. I, I've heard over my career thousands of stories about clubs treating players like dirt Aye. and not telling them things yeah. that... Yeah. That, that was a make-or-break moment in your yeah. life. Of course it was. I mean, I mean, no disrespect, David, but if it wasn't... If he told me West Ham or Luton, I was going to West Ham. Yeah. You know, even a Scotsman knows... I mean, I kept winding up saying West Ham won the World Cup, you know. It was, that's all they keep on about. But everyone knew the players like Booking and... Oh, hi, Bobby Moore and, and Bonds, even Bonds, and he had to be. Brilliant atmosphere. The oh, Eastern of London yeah. would remind you a little about Scotland. I get so lost. I get lost when I'm down there because I was looking for West Ham, and, and West Ham's an East Ham. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> so it was always a good excuse for me. I said, oh, I forgot. And so the big Tory idiot ruins Flat his own deal. He ruined it, yeah. So no, Alec tells you about West Ham, but there's no, no mobile phones in no those phone, days. No mobile phones. She so can't phone them up and say, right, what I kept saying to the chairman after that, I was just, I was just being a bit picky, and he's going, we're going to give you this, and I'm saying, look, and my agent's not getting an answer from him top money and uh, I says look just cut through all the bullshit I says what did I get in my wages and he's going more bonuses I said no interested in bonuses what am I getting you know he just wouldn't tell me anything so that plus the slap I wasn't going to sign anyway so how he get in touch with John Lyle I don't know Alec Malley must have had a number John and Eddie Bailey was the assistant and I met them I don't know and because because Luton had paid for all the flights we couldn't tell Luton we were going to speak to West Ham because they would have wanted the money back. And I knew the directors at St Man didn't have it. So I'm saying, how do we do this? So we, got a, we got a car. And me and my agent jumped in the car. 
and I met John at Toddington service station on the M1. I've heard of it. We went through this park in the middle of the night, it was about two o'clock in the morning. This taxi <laughs> took us, and uh, this is proper football. It was, and it, it was, there was only me, my agent, Eddie Bailey, John Lyle, and a cleaner <laughs> <laughs> in a Toddington service station. And they were a top football. And after half an hour, I went and spoke to the cleaner. You know, women, I'm, I always speak to us. I can't be bothered with it. Yes. it was, the money wasn't great. I mean, it was only offered me 350 quid a week or something. And I'm thinking, God, and five grand signing around for you. And I was like, you know, and I was so tired. And I just thought, look, tell them I went 15. And all that. And I got 10. But, I mean, it was nothing. And plus, I got I got a 15 because I got five relocation or something, which was great. But for a boy... Come from Milton, yeah. who hasn't thought he's going to make it yes, as a footballer. Yes. The figures are important. Yeah, everybody, everybody in this room, everybody listening to this, yeah. would do the same as you. You try yeah. to. Well, make the best two, of it. I was on two fifty at St. Mun. I thought hundred pounds, not a lot of money to get down to London, but you've got to believe in yourself. How, Once I got to that stage, Graham, I believed in my own ability. But how quickly did you realise? Five, five seasons at St. Mun. Compared to the money, how quickly did you realise that that night you'd met not just a man who would change, change your life, life but but. The club, a, a special man as well. Eh? I, I, yeah, I believe was, from what very, to, I told you. Yeah. Tony told me a lot about him. Yeah, Matt Lorenzo told me a lot about him. He's incredible. John, John Lyle was a pretty special, special man. Very, very special. T- tell us why. He just took over my life. Really, he knew everything. See, I've got a pension now that I didn't know I had. John Lyle set it off me. I oh. didn't know about it. <laughs> that's <laughs> and he, he knew, that's yeah. special. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I just I was getting money, took it my wages, and didn't know where it was from. Yeah, and it was uh, John's. He's a, such a nice guy. He was like my dad, really. He looked yeah. after me. And he always, every time my mates came down or my family, he knew every one of them. Mm. You know, and there's special people that do that. I, See, I, I can't remember anybody's name. You know, and, and John was he, tremendous he, and he knew everyone. He was born and bred yeah. in West Ham Territory, in Essex, yeah. Essex, but his parents were both Scottish. Yeah, yeah. Loved his fishing up here, didn't he? Loved his he loved, he, says he, loved, he loved the Scotsman, he says, and... Do you think that there was something done, on his done, roots that he'd done, he done a thing? Oh yeah, it was great. Apparently, Fergie, Fergie recommended me, so okay. which which was great because I used to go to Old Trafford and, and score against them, and I loved that. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's what you get for recommending me, not buying me. But it was yeah. Uh, <laughs> John Lee was just it was one of the nicest, probably the nicest guy. Him and Tommy Burns, you know. Well, I understand the comparison. Uh, him and Tommy Burns were two of the nicest people. By the way, he was different class to me, but as as in gentlemen. Tommy Bond and John Lee Elbers. Head and shoulders above everyone else. But there's still a theme for all that. I knew that John had been very important to you, but there's still yeah. a theme for anybody I've ever talked to, uh-huh. worked with him or played for him. Uh-huh. <coughs> also, you, you couldn't mess with him. He was, oh, he was no, quite... No. A... My mates came down, I played for Scotland, and my mates came down and we got in a booze and I couldn't make training on Monday. <laughs> and, um, and one thing led to I was playing, I played for Scotland on the, the Wednesday and played for West Ham on Saturday. On the Monday, and my mates would be gone into Sunday, and, and I couldn't make training. And normally, when you're ill, you phone in and get one of the coaches or, or Rob Jenkins, who Rob was brilliant. Rob was a physio, but it was old, and you could give him a cup, bottle of whiskey or something, and he would see you were in the Sunday and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> John would go, Have you seen him? Yes, yeah, he's done his day. So, it was one of the old school. So, normally, you phone up and you get one of them. And this morning, I had bodies lying all over my flat, I'd have a flat in Brentwood, and I, I thought, Shit, I can't go in. <laughs> And I phoned and I hoped to get one of Ronnie Boyce or something. And John answered. I put his voice on. Oh, I'm not well, John. We've got it today. Eh? And he went, oh, he does, he does sound well, son. <laughs> and he says, there's only one problem. You've got the ITV and BBC and STV cameras. There's three big lorries in the car park. Part that you set up interviews. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. I said, oh, John, 
I, I can't deal with it, John. Can, can you deal with him? No problem, son, he says. I, I went by bed. Half hour later, ding, ding, ding. He said the lorry's up to my address. <laughs> <laughs> he gave him my address. I'm sweeping, getting everyone in the room. <laughs> that was John Lyle. That's a nice that subtle message, isn't it? That was him, yeah, it was brilliant. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I don't know you. I only knew Charlie Nicholas a little bit when he yeah. sat in the same seat as you yeah. doing the big interview. And I asked him only what I was curious about. Yeah. I said to him, what was it like going down to London at that age? And, and you know, Charlie had a reputation yeah. that he was king of the nightclub, champagne yeah. Charlie. That wasn't what I was asking. And he said that he was lonely. Yeah. He had to call his sister to come yeah. down and just yeah. be with him. Yeah. London was almost too much for a Mary Hill boy at that stage. Yeah. Now, that's a long time ago and it changed. But at that stage, it was tough. Was there a stage for you? Well, Were you anything like that? I was the crisis, phone Charlie. <laughs> I went down there. I went down there. The first time I went down there, so I came back up after a week and took a girl back down with me. People couldn't understand me and nobody wanted to talk to me. I was already in the club, in the football club, because you're in amongst the boys in the changing room and yeah. all that. But football partners, football didn't partner. really, I was very, very strong because we didn't accent it. Do you genuinely mean that people yeah. were picking you up and they'd say in your community or... Ray Stewart said that every time I was shouting for a bug, people thought I wanted to fight them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you have to adapt and and, yeah. uh, and, and it was one of them, but I, I come up and took a girl down and I says, well, get a house, put it in two names in case it doesn't work, mm-hmm. sort of a thing, you know, because it wasn't as if I was going to marry the girl, it was just, I, I just had to be, have somebody with me. Mm-hmm. London's a 
big lonely place. It, it'll chew one. you up if you're if yeah, you're not ready for God, it. Yeah, as I get used to it, and the boys started getting out with the boys and all mm. that, and I actually asked John for a transfer. I actually asked John to, to leave. I said after about four months or something, scoring goals and all that. And I said John, I'm not enjoying this. You know, it's. I'm surprised. And he said, he says, look, he says. Let's see what we can do. Just give it another couple of months, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there was a there was a night out arranged. I don't know if John told the boys they arranged a night out, and, and we all went in, and that's when I got introduced to string fellas and all that. And that was the and night out. My life changed. <laughs> so, and I was um, thinking John Lyle, but it was actually yeah. it was actually Peter in his club. Uh, now Peter was brought. Well, Peter didn't want footballers in his club when I went in. I changed it. Peter done it. He done an interview for me, not for me, but somebody's doing an interview on me. And Peter says we didn't want footballers because we were arrogant, ignorant people. Hmm. He says, and Frank changed all that, because I'm nice to everyone. You know, when you go into a club, doesn't matter how drunk you are. Good, Benny, I'm nice to the doorman, mm. the girls behind the bar, you know. Totally agree matter. with you. Doesn't matter. I love that. You know, everyone to say, everyone's the same. So I got, he says, and Peter says, you know, it was different. So, yeah, you know. It's, it's hard to believe that mm-hmm. that was the medicine, that yeah. the night out, the, okay, oh, yeah, bonding the, the, the is... The club, I loved it. I loved the club, I loved everything about West Ham. I just, I was so lonely after yeah. it. And it, it was hard, you know. It actually gave me... By the time Christmas came, I had three rises. Surely. I got three pay rises before. We started in, That's pretty extraordinary. We started in July, pre-season, and um, by December, I'd, I think it may have been four rises, actually. It was it just, it just bang, kept me. <coughs> this is because your goals have lifted yeah, everybody in. Well, John bought me John <coughs> bought me to play in, in the number 10 position. Right, the St Mirren position. Yeah, it, well, it was one I created myself at St Mirren. I was just a part of midfield four. Right. Jimmy Bone was up front with Frankie oh, yeah. Diggle. And I get part of midfield, but it was two of us. It was Billy Stark and myself, who were the white players in midfield. And Billy could pass, Billy and, could and see Billy space. Billy could score you goals could get as into well. Yeah, well, he was he clever. Used to so myself yeah. and Billy used to be fighting for top goal scorers at the So it was, it was good. But when I went down there, John actually wanted me to play in behind Paul Goddard and Tony Cotty. Ah, so it was Tony and Paul? Yeah, it was Tony and Paul. I'd always imagine it was you and Tony. No, no it was Tony and okay. Paul. And uh, so everything was great, and to be honest, it never worked. Pre season, we never won a game. It was horrible, it was, it was, we get battered with Orient. Oh, that's, at, um, that's not so good. At Brisbane, at Brisbane, Brisbane Rose. So we get battered with them, and uh, one of the supporters came into changing them. <laughs> Tony, I don't know, Tony, I don't know, tattoos and all that, hammers and ICF and all that, all over, and, and he's shouting, You're crap, you're crap, and he's great, and everyone. And I thought it's one of the directors or something. <laughs> I thought they'd get a bit. And, uh, and John was just John was just standing there and he was shouting bone and he, he walked out and then John says don't they see anything else there lads and, and it was a wee bit of kick up the backside yeah and then the first game was against uh, Birmingham home or away away, away. and uh, can't remember if it could be one hour it's one each I think it may have been one each Paul Goddard got injured after about 70 minutes the hand injured. fate takes yeah. a so Again, the same as how I started football, just in the right place at the right time. And John put me up front on a Tuesday. He put me up front for the last 20 minutes. Put me up front on a Tuesday against QPR with Tony. Right. That was it. I hate to be rude, particularly with a generous, kind yeah. man. I'm going to cheat again. I've gone in. We've got quite a lot of fans at the big interview, and one of them's by the name of Russell Brand. <laughs> so Russell's been a tremendous supporter. He's yeah. a nice man. Right. Loves his football too, yes. which is great for us. So I said to him, listen, Russell, it's your club. Yeah. Frank's, we'll come back to Frank's and Idle of yours. Any questions? So, as soon as you mentioned the no, Tuesday game, he said, 
there's a few of them he said I'd like to see it's amazing to be listening to Frank I'd like to know about the first game he played at Upton <laughs> Park where his opening tackle uh, sent somebody I think a QPR player into the chicken Al McDonald big Al McDonald not Al McDonald he's alive now he's dead now isn't he big Irishman he was on Tony and uh, we were oh, different sides and Big Alan kept going through and I'm saying Tony come over here and uh, it's my first game <laughs> how do you make a name for yourself because you know, all these greats at West Ham you know yeah. going through the years Devonshire was there Devon were the best I'm player I'm going to ask him, about yeah. him an idol of mine oh, but idol. Um, you're thinking Brooke and Bobby Moore yep. the, the amount of people that's graced it Sir Jeff Austin Martin and I said Tony come over here Tony's going no he's alright and so I went over and the big Irish I can't remember what he said to me and I told him where to go <laughs> and, and the ball came and I thought there was a chicken run there the chicken run maybe there. we should explain uh, to, to uh, newer listeners uh, it was like a jungle at Celtic Park it was the same terrace and it was so close to the pitch that was a proper proper supporters they were the the nutcases <laughs> <laughs> and the ball the ball came at McDonald and I went for it and just uh, he, he seen me coming towards him he took his eye off the ball because it came off him and it just came off him enough that it went away from him and I thought got him and it just as he's touched it <laughs> I've smashed him and, but he's landed right off the park and he's been right into the chicken run <laughs> he's really and everyone's given it all right <laughs> 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 big dogs come out and his nose is all bust <laughs> and I could stop laughing you know I was trying to give my hand out and I just everyone's just punching him and they're all shoving him pulling his hair and punching him do you know listen I, I, want, I want to put myself in the firing line here because we'll be slaughtered for this I know I'll I know. be slaughtered for laughing at I know, it and today we'd be arrested for talking about oh, it all the punters would be arrested for doing it this is what football's about this is what it's about I was on TV with Russell and he said so you're accepting that you're a hooligan it was just good fun it was I didn't mean to put him right in a chicken run but it was he gets slapped and everything once he was in there it was funny oh yeah it was funny listen I bet he could take it Oh, he he's a big old right, lump. I bet he, he could, could take he it. Could take it. I mean, I mean, one of two of them walked no, out the chicken room with bruises yeah, and all. I'm willing to bet you know. He's a big, he's a big boy, and he was there. Uh, and he, he left a few studs in the back of my leg as well, so he was it was good. But that was. But I've cheated, game. so you're, you're back in your second game. Yeah, that was my that was the second, my first game up front. I scored two, we beat them three one, and uh, that night changed changed it for me for mm. West Ham. All of a sudden, there was no way Paul Goddard was getting back up front. If he got back up front, it would have been for Tony because I was scoring goals and Tony hadn't started his run yet. TC and, and I, I tried to get him involved. TC is an out and out goal scorer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he goes through and go, he's no chance of passing. He would say this himself. Yeah, of course, eh? yeah. He knows that. I'll go through and go. The keeper comes out, I'll get you, Tony. It doesn't bother me. The goals were never never about me, it was about winning for me. And Tony knows that I'm more. A, but I suppose it's because I played in midfield for other years, whereas Tony's just. He's got one thought and one thought only. Some people are born like yeah, that. Yeah, Lineker's I, I, the same. It's Lineker, not green. You know, it's not green. It's just like Lineker, in you. It's Alan McCoy's, you know, people are. They just yeah. don't want to pass it. You're joking. So so it's great, you know, it's, it's it was all good fun. But Tony got to know, after about four games... Is it training where the clip comes? Yeah, well, but in Scotland you train, everyone trains together. I went down to West Ham and I couldn't believe first day of pre-season. We got the ball out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking... I thought John Lair was taking the mickey out of me because you know, <laughs> in Scotland you don't see a ball for about three weeks No, you just run obviously it's all changed now but I couldn't believe it when they're down there and John's going so my way I'm saying I was waiting remember I don't know the young, youngsters will not remember it used to be a programme called Jeremy Beadle he used to come out to Woodwork and hide and it was, it was basically candid camera sort of a thing more or less and uh, 
And I thought he was going to be appearing somewhere because we, that's <laughs> a bomb first day of pre-season. Doesn't happen. Let, let's explain that. Let's explain that because that's important. Now. In well, other words, you do running. Running, 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 running. You do doggies, you do up hills, down hills. It's just round. Three, a week, ten days? No, ten days maybe, yeah. To your first game probably. Maybe a couple of days before your first pre-season game. And you, you won't, they wonder why we don't just bother yes, us anymore and, now, eh? And down at West Ham, and I was looking at John first morning, we're just passing it 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards, and John says, what's the matter? And I says, I don't see a ball in Scotland. And, he, and John says, this is the tools of your trade. Yeah. He says, why are you not at work with them? So he says, don't worry, you're running in the afternoon. <laughs> but that was great. Can I be a partner the ball? Because anybody who watched you knows that yeah. the ball and you were friends. Yes, yes. Technically very good, yeah. your control yeah. was good, your finish is very yeah. good. How comfortable did you feel in that first session? How easy was it to say, oh, well, look, you know what? I've got the level you up. Don't, or, you don't realise, I was, I was comfortable going into the West Ham team. The, the, to be fair, the boys made me feel great. But this, I I'm talking about really... the ball and technique oh, and me, I was the training. Right. The first time, first day's training, you don't realise... Because you're off for weeks, and I was partying in the days, and and you don't realise when you're passing that 10, 20 yards in the first day, you, you, you're off a wee bit. So it was great that we get the ball first day to pre-season, because by the time the games came, you yeah. know, we were all focused, and we, but our touch was there. We just didn't get it right on the pitch at the beginning of our career at West Ham. But our touch, my touch was great. I mean, it's, it's always been, that's one thing. It's never left me my touch, you know. Natural, because yeah. you, you didn't play for... Didn't you play. just told me you didn't, didn't play for it was just six, seven years. I was just learning how to control the ball in the pitches, but, bad so pitches. It was there yeah. innately? Did you did you inherit it from your... No. Wow. no I don't know. Where is it? You my don't know where it comes from? My dad would tell me. My dad always told me I was, he was great, but no, <laughs> he never played. <laughs> yeah, he used to say he was great, but he never... He couldn't play because he was running a family. A lot of nonsense. My dad was terrible. I don't know where it came from, to be honest with you. I think, you know, there's a lot of boys, I suppose everyone here would would be the same, you know, probably grew up with players around about them, better players than, there was players growing up that who were better than me, but they never made it, and I don't know why, maybe because they were good on the ball, a little dribbly, but they didn't know how to be part of a team or something, I don't know, there's a lot of coaches look for things, and, and I was just in the right place, at the right time, and, and I'll... I don't even think too much about it because if I was to think about it, it'd be frightening, you know. Paul's got injured. You scored twice. Yes, His yes. QPR, <clears throat> we're off. But as you got off and running, mm-hmm. as you okay, you're out. You're, and you've said in, in the future you're going to ask for a transfer, not that yeah, long yeah, from yeah, now, because yeah. it's a bit lonely and all that stuff. But you go discovering your teammates, uh-huh. and people will remember that Phil Parks was a goalkeeper who was yes, very, very good. Yes. People probably won't remember that the only guy signed that summer with you is we Mark Ward, <laughs> who was a character. Yeah. Perhaps we'll come back to him in another yes. interview. Yes. Super character. Yeah. A good player I remember at Everton. I, I don't know why I remember at I Everton. I don't know why everyone, even when I went to Celtic, you know, people buy wingers when I go somewhere and I'm thinking, I could jump, I could jump very the good. The timing was good, eh? The timing was great, but yeah. I didn't, I always thought, you know, buy a winger, that's for big so centre forward. you John bought Mark to compliment Aye, you? Of course he did, yeah. Of course he did. Yeah, definitely. Told us that. It's just a know. shame the two of you didn't get on, eh? <laughs> With me and Wardy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally opposite characters. Yeah. Oh, no, bro, Wardy was great. Wardy's different class. He was my roommate, wasn't he? He was yeah. my Oh, nuts. Mischievous? Yes, very. I, he tells stories in a podcast, but what have you done to him and Alvin and Gailey and all that? I, can't, I wouldn't repeat it. But the, the thing I was going to... Going through one or two of the characters, and, and I think uh-huh. the two... But the whole team was characters. I mean, you go right through that team. I can go right through that team, and, and there's not one that wasn't... 
Alan Dickens maybe was a quietest man Quite in the world. Yeah, Big Alvin I've met through Talks Sport. Alvin's brilliant. Super character. You know Confident. Reg, you know Reg, you know Gailey. So. Reg is, well, Reg is Tony Gale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who is... He's still the same. Now, he done... Laugh a minute, I went, take the piss. I went, I went, this is how close we are. We went to Tony Clark, was getting married in October there. And in Dubai, and I went to Dubai. So I went away to Dubai with Gailey, who was doing his best man speech and all that. It was brilliant. Gailey was brilliant. You know what Gailey's like. And he stood up and he says, there was 50 people there, and he says very close friends and family and all that and all here he says but the six of Tony's closest pals couldn't make it he says but they sent a message and Tony's looking and the DJ put on hi ho he <laughs> 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 absolutely absolutely killed him and I thought that was worth paying the money I would see because he just if, if, if Gailey's done he absolutely if Gailey's done to Tony Cotty and I've got to do and I told you I, I got to know him in London we went to Kiev with all the media trip yeah. it was Arsenal against Daniel Kiev we had a right good time. We've landed there. We've gone out to eat. We've gone to a casino. Mm. I've won decent dosh. Yeah. Sit the lads. We'll all go on now. Yeah. And we have the kind of night you can in Kev with that <coughs> dosh. Right. Wake up the next morning and Gailey's like, uh, great white, great white, great white. She's great white. She said, uh, got to go and pick up Jonathan Pierce at the airport today. He said, uh, I'm scared. <laughs> she said, I'm not going out there on my own. Could end up in jail in Siberia. Will you come with me to pick up Jonathan Pierce for the airport in a taxi? So, Tony, that's for doing Tony Cotty. That's Aye. a true Tony Kill story. Aye. The guy I'm winkling at because Alvin Aye. and Tony could both play football. Yeah. Both footballers. Uh-huh. Phil Park's super goalkeeper. You've got Wardy in the wing. Uh-huh. We've talked about you and, yeah. and Cotty. The one that fascinates me genuinely uh-huh. is Alan Devonshire yeah. because when I watched him, he seemed to float across the pitch. Yeah. Brilliantly skilled, elegant. I could never understand why he wasn't England could all the never, time. He couldn't wear studs. He couldn't wear football studs. Yeah, there was something wrong with his feet. And he couldn't wear screw-ins. He had to wear mouldies. Now, you imagine the balance on some of the pitches that we played on. You, I mean, we played one game. Just an example. We played against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. All white strip we were in. There's mud in my hair and my face. And we walked off at half-time. There's not a mark on Dev. He scored one for about 30 yards. Is this the oh, yeah. the 4 0? Yeah, he scored one for about 30 yards. I'm, I'm looking up and there's, there's only dirt when he's running up his back. <laughs> the balance of that boy was, was just incredible. Every pro I've talked to yeah. that knew him. He's up he's about the best, to... best I've ever played. Having Paul McStay, as, as a midfield, for me as a striker, he, he, the perfect midfield player. What did he do with the ball? On the Tuesday night, my first game up front, this is how he said to me, and I thought you had a game. First game on Tuesday night, we're playing against Coupier, and he said to me, look, he says, when I get the ball, there's going to be three players on me. And he says, but, he says don't worry, he says, just look, just show for me, I'll knock it into you, and just lay it off, I'll come and get it off you. And I thought, yeah, all right, I'll see how this one goes. And, and it was so easy. I used to just come away with the defender, and he used to knock it into me. I used to leave it and turn, the defender went with me, and Dev just ran on it. It was unbelievable. And he said to me, He's managing Braintree, and I say, he's so knowledgeable at the game. But I said to him, we're playing, you're not going to management. He says, I'll never get a manager's job, he says, because I make the game too simple. I have so simple. That's tragic, that. I mean, that's eh? just, He says, the game's simple, and I, I can't complicate it enough. And I'm thinking, it's so right, I mean, it's so right. Because that, that's one of the things that's a bit upsetting, because you know that the great players who can do it will always keep doing it. But great, great players who can do it, and, and make it simple. Yeah, yeah. You could be an all-time great manager. Yeah. Because he was a great fella as well, eh? Yeah. You liked him as a bloke. Dev. Bro. Great football bloke. Great. He, used to, he was a bookie. He was a bookie. <laughs> <laughs> he used to take money off everyone. It was terrible, but he used to put the... You know what I mean? Take out bookies. You know, a couple of pounds. It was great. It was great. Great lad. Never drove. Never had a car. 
all the good people. And he used, to, he used to have, yeah, he used to have people drive him. Can't remember he'd be a Italian guy. He used to drive him everywhere. Stylish. It was, uh, it was great. You see, what's coming out that mm. that might explain what we'll go on and talk about this extraordinary season where people who who either don't go back and research football or weren't alive at the time won't remember that what we're going to end up we'll cheat we'll tell the end of the story we're going to end up with West Ham's highest ever league position it's also going to be a season when you know we live in an era now of what's guy pay 4 billion for the rights but there's an argument over a couple of bucks and the first half of the season goes completely untelevised doesn't it one of the things before we talk about the season itself and the matches and, and the run that you go on and your goals what I've been led to understand is that the team spirit was extraordinary. No, it was was, is, is that a factor in what's about we had, to happen? We had about seven. We, had, we went in seven games. I think we get beat with Luton. Or we drew with Luton. And we had a meeting on the Monday. Was it the Monday? I think it was a Monday. We had a meeting. No management, no coaches. Alvin called a meeting in, in Gailey. Just like we need to sort this out. Basically what it was. Because I was what I, I was. I, I led for the front. I, I defended from the front. Mm-hmm. So I've always done it. So when the keeper flings the ball, I'll charge the defender. And if an AD could pass it back to the keeper. Yep. And if Tony didn't shut the keeper down, and the midfield didn't get up and shut down, then I didn't, I didn't miss them. You know, so it all came ahead with a meeting. And Alvin and Gaelic says, look, he's going to do that, so we've got to go, we've got to go with him. After we had a couple of hours, John Lyle didn't come in, none of the coaches come in. We sorted out, we've told a few truths, you know, that we... You know, they have, we have to push on, we have to... Tony got a bit of stick. But it was good, it was not a stick, it was good. It was all... What, they wanted to play yeah, a higher line? Or? They, wanted, they wanted Tony to, to work, basically. Mm-hmm. Tony just a striker, never done any work. And if I went to full-back, close the keeper down, don't let him get the keeper, don't let him pass it back to the keeper. And then we'll see, I should say, I said in the change room, there's not many great left-backs about. Well, he's sitting TV offers like that. I said, no disrespect, but there's not. You put some, you put you under pressure, you'll kick it out of the park. I said, so I'll put people under pressure. I said, and just make sure that they can't get an easy pass. Yeah. If you don't get an easy if somebody fires at 70 yards, then you've got to applaud it. I says, but not many people can do that. Coordination. Yeah. Two of you working like yeah. that. So Tony says, right, okay. And we went, we, we hadn't won a game, it was six games or something. That was when we went in a run, we went in a 20 game run, just be having that meeting. So in that meeting, there was a, apart from clearing the decks, there was a lot yeah. of football brains. And, yeah. Because you, you haven't just shouted at each other, you've no, broken down, no, you've bro- changed the playing structure. Yeah, yeah, we, we spoke, it was great, Alvin it was, it, and Alvin, I think it might have been Alvin and Tony, Ray Stewart, you know, the boys, the experienced boys, Park saying that, they all called the meeting. And it was great, and it, the, the biggest pro- problem was me and Tony, really. We drew with um, Liverpool, which I scored two goals against Liverpool, we gave away easy goals, and I, I said it was from the front, because... We never closed them. You've let them play because yeah. you're like, talking about Alan Hansen and you play Hansen and, uh, Lawrence, and Lawrence or Gillespie. Was, yeah. So you let them play from the back and you're yeah, in trouble. You're in trouble, big yeah. trouble. So it was it was that kind of thing. So that's and that's when we went. I think it was twenty games we went unbeaten, which for West Ham was was incredible. So in that twenty game run, what are the highlights for you personally as a team? <coughs> the away wins. I mean, it's, I think everyone the team's the same. Going to Stamford Bridge and battering them. That was the highlight of my career. Chelsea was the big. Big name at least. Big name, yeah. Big. Well, they weren't. They weren't the ones that the, the team they are now. But they were the kings of London and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, it was. And I'm thinking, yeah, I loved it. I, I, I really did. He's playing for the stage. Do Ruby's not arrived, or has he? And Rugby was yeah, yeah. Rugby. We Pat Nevin. Big Joe McLaughlin was yeah. Joe from Watnick. Yeah. Probably, presumably, yeah. you played against that Samir and Morton game, did yeah. you? Yeah. That Renfrewshire sure. Cup tie. It was uh, Big Joe could play. He was a sort of uh, great player. Yeah. A handsome kind of knockoff. 
It wasn't. It was a bit heavier than hand. You could run as quick. It was smooth. That big Allen was. Eh? Big Allen was smoother. Smooth. Allen was probably the best. But he's probably the best in half I've ever played against. He wasn't the hardest, but God, he was hard to play against because he, he would touch you and you'd go up with your elbows, and all of a sudden he would be stepping off you and you'd, you'd be swinging and you look like a fool. You know, and that was nice. And you know, he was great. He used to always talk to you. She has, as a, yeah. as a Scotland fan who went to 1982 and uh-huh. was in the. The Malaga Stadium for the USSR game. Mm. I, I have to say I'm a Willie Miller man in that yes, debate. Yes. But given that you played at the highest level yeah. I didn't, I think I'll just yeah. give you that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.